1: To this damn show. Damn it. You're the in. Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama,
1: real time. I'm Gary Snoods.
0: That's the end. That's the end. That's the
2: end. It is mind blowing and
3: heartbreaking
2: how many original scripts are written every year but are never made.
4: So we seek out these scripts and
2: bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free!
3: Get out of that bed. Wash your face and hands.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Kelsey Laurie, and this week I am gonna let you in on the history of jump boys.
3: When you have old dresses, sun comes shining through.
1: We're here to entertain.
0: So Alright,
3: Gelsey, you've been, I don't want to say threatening, because I want to learn about this, but you've been promising that we will talk about the jump, jive, and whale blues, or just the jump blues. Uh, over here. So what are, what, what is Jump Blues?
4: Yeah, I know. It does seem like since the beginning of this podcast, I've always like, oh, well, one day we'll do one on Jump Blues. And it's, it's kind of funny. It's not that crazy of a topic and hard, but for some reason, every time I would sit to research it, I would get overwhelmed because there's so many roots growing into this jump blues tree if you will yeah so this is you know i'm gonna do my best i can to do it justice because i think it's such an important part of music history and development into what becomes rock and roll it literally is the like the uh, precursor precursor right before rock and roll
3: so sorry the producer hat has just been put on for a quick second what if we work backwards what if you tell us what jump blues is first, and then kind of explain the different branches that formulated into it that
4: way. That is fucking nuts, Matt, because that's exactly what I was going to do. No shit. See, this is why we get along. I know. I was going (laughs) to tell you what it is, and then I was going to go from the very beginning, not too far from the beginning, but kind of then tell you how we get to jump blues was how I was going to go about this. So jump blues. All right, I'm ready. Strapped in. Teach me. (laughs) Jump blues is an up-tempo style of blues and jazz in the 1940s was played by small groups featuring horn sections mainly. And again, it was the precursor to R&B, rhythm and blues, and rock and roll. And it evolved directly from the big bands of the 30s and early 40s. Um, It mixes every style of black music that came before it. So I will go into what those styles were and kind of where they all blend together to get what we know as jump blues. But a, a big reason that they became uh, what they were, aside from s- mixing all the previous styles out of popularity, and it kind of, once it hit that popularity and excitement, then it took off. And, but the, the other reason was big bands were quite expensive. You know, there was a, a lot of, they were big. And so yeah. <laughs> Jump Blues was kind of the economic response to being able to get this high tempo hot beat with a smaller group. So right. that, yeah, it's kind of where, and um, a lot of, well, I'll, we'll stop there and now we're going to go back and then I will get into some popular Jump Blues songs that you might know. But we go back to kind of the earliest black folk music of the US, which is gospel and blues. That's where we start. And so we all know what gospel is. It's more of that call and response and faithful music, which even that format does come later in to a lot of call and response songs that we get when the bands start kind of, you know, they say something, the horn section hollers back. Louis Prima um, is really famous for doing that with Keeley Smith and kind of having those call and response. And it becomes more of a gag and fun. But anyways, we get that there. And right away, the gospel and blues start fusing. So they were separate, but it's just obviously all in the same entity. And we also at the same time, not the same time, but uh, next up we get ragtime. So early ragtime starts about 1895 until about 1919 and it was the first black genre to gain wide acceptance. It mixes okay. European and classical marching music with that added syncopation and that quote unquote ragged rhythm, which is where we get the name ragtime. So some of our most famous ragtime songs we're going to get and This is probably the most famous. Yeah, The Entertainer. The Entertainer. Let's fast forward a little.
3: Music starts to play. The Entertainer, the star of the show. Oh, you
4: know the words. Great. (laughs) I only
3: know it because of the Muppets.
4: (laughs) And there we go. Muppets (laughs) (laughs) tie-in. So that's where um, we get that going in. We do get some really famous uh, composers out of that, like one of the most well-known ragtime players. And it was kind of a ragtime jazz. So they start switching in from ragtime leads to this jazz music, um, which jazz basically is just a fusion of ragtime and blues. So that's the birth Mm -hmm. of that. And that grows out of the music scene in New Orleans in the early 1910s. We have the most famous ambassador probably of jazz is Louis Armstrong, nickname of Pops, but Jelly Roll uh jelly roll morton is probably one of also our fathers out of the ragtime scene into jazz and he was born in new orleans in 1890 played in a brothel at the age of 14 you know and kind of had the influence All of right. his church going grandmother um so he actually was secretly performing at brothels be- and then when his grandmother found out he she kicked him out because that's a sin so he began touring the south by 1910 he was playing in chicago and by 1915 he was in new york Uh, publishing new and popular songs Um, and then he ends up going into new orleans and popularizing his new orleans style piano playing which laid the groundwork for the stride and barrel house styles so he's a huge starter of all that so anyways we get into um also the harlem stride comes out of Ragtime, and the Harlem Stride is basically like Ragtime, but it has a lot more improv- improvisational skills and sets in there. So Ragtime was a more set, this is the music, but we start getting that improv in the Harlem Stride, which then obviously is what we know of jazz, is a lot of improv and whatnot, not. Harlem Stride was the bridge between ragtime and swing in New York in the 1920s and 30s. The sound is characterized by a left-handed four-beat pulse alternating between a bass note and a mid-range chord, while the right hand plays a heavily syncopated, largely improvised melodies. So again, um, the Charleston is kind of more of a Harlem Stride. So we start getting those kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, And then we're going to get, oh, here's a... uh, jelly roll for you. Kind of still in that ragtime-y. So this is still that ragtime, if you will. Then we get into Harlem Stride, which leads to jazz, which then now we're getting into swing, which is the dance music of the 1930s and 40s. Before we get quite into swing, it's there's a lot of like crossover time. So, you know, it's like obviously all this music is leading into the next, but developing at the same time. Um, that's why one of the most famous performers of the jazz scene in the 1920s and 30s. And he's often portrayed his skills as a pianist and composer. So he was out of um, the New York club scene and was soon in a lot of musicals and movies. But unfortunately, he longed for recognition as a serious composer and died before that did happen. Now, this happens a lot with artists after they die. And we look back at music history. He does have that heavy weight of... Can yeah, like we suddenly
3: go? Oh, damn! They're great. Shit!
4: Yeah, <laughs> and uh here's some famous. From your ankle up, I'll say you show sure off sweet. Fats Waller. From
0: that down, there's just too much feet. Yes, your feet
3: too big. Don't I'm pretty sure Fats Waller also did um, one of the more famous versions of Dem Bones. Oh, I um, think the, so, yeah. This is another... Yeah, like the left bone's connected to the knee bone or whatever oh. like that.
4: This is a really famous That's While Our Ain't Misbehavin'. Yes. Is probably one of his most... Let's see. But you get a lot of that piano. That's where the jazz comes in. But you can hear that ragtime influence here where that swing beat is starting to come in as well. So, you know, these are kind of like those composers that are bridging these styles and we're starting to get into what what we will know eventually to get to jump blues so now we're at swing music which I said is the dance music of the 1930s and 40s and we start getting big bands and some of the most famous big band leaders and orchestra leaders uh, we have probably the one that everyone's gonna know Benny Goodman with the most famous sing 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 So this is a recording from Carnegie Hall, actually. That's it. Or Little Gelsie knows that as the Chips Ahoy song, because that was the song that they used (laughs) for the Chips Ahoy commercial all through the early 90s. So when I was little, that's what I I knew it as, you know? That's Benny Goodman, um, Duke Ellington. This is Take the A Train. And who else? Okay, so yeah, we get into... So those are just examples. Lionel Hampton is another really famous one. Oh, I thought I had the Lionel Hampton... Oh, I didn't make it on here. That's okay. You get the idea. But um, yeah. we are starting to get... So all this music does come from the black music scene. And big bands, we start branching out a little bit. Um, you know, we have Duke Ellington, Lionel Hampton, Cab Calloway. They are all black frontman orchestra leaders. But then you do have the Benny Goodmans, the Glenn Millers that come out that are kind of more now you're getting the mainstream white scene. Um, You know, and again, long-term Stealing music left and right, but this is just how the development happened. At the same time that all this is going on, we get Boogie Woogie. That starts in the 1920s and 30s, and it's a new driving rhythm that's developed. It's more of an upbeat blues style, and it began as early as the 1870s, but we kind of gained that popularity in the 20s. Now, in Boogie Woogie, most of the musicians had intense jam sessions while train hopping on the Texas Western Railroad, so it became known as Fast Western. And the theory okay. is that the pulsing beat and rhythm of it imitates the sound of an oncoming train. And if you listen to the style of um, boogie-woogie, which is that eight eight to the bar, um, if that means anything to any of you, you music goers. But listen to this boogie-woogie and you can, you can hear the train.
1: Oh.
4: Not that. Oh, yeah. It's that rhythm of like a locomotion I'd never so then this is actually a boogie woogie song that really this style is getting close to jump blues we're we're putting our toe into that a lot with that song but you kind of hear the like that's that boogie woogie style so swing bands started incorporating boogie woogie as it got more popular into their dance hits Then you start getting, you know, Boogie Woogie, Bugle Boy of Company B, and you get all these swing songs that start even saying Boogie Woogie because it was the new thing. Now this sets the stage for Jump Blues of the 1940s. Jump Blues now, we have all this music before it, and it fuses blues and gospel, ragtime, the Harlem Stride, jazz, swing, and Boogie Woogie all into one. And if you listen to it, all of that, those elements are also what Rock and roll incorporates and what rock and roll becomes is a fusion of all that. So we start getting um, probably the most famous jump blues performer is um, Louis Jordan's, is like one of the most famous. Again, Forefather, So he had a witty, swinging R&B side to him that not made him only the most successful African-American artist of the early 20th century, but also a primary influence on rock and roll and soul music. He began his solo career in 1938 and produced 57 R&B chart hits for Decca Records between 42 and 51 that won favor for both black and white audiences. Jordan's antic shuffling rhythm was adopted by many early rock performances, including including Bill Haley and Chuck Berry, while his energetic stage presence would most influence a host of R&B players, notably James Brown. So he has a huge influence into what we're going to know into the music field anyways. So this is a, and that don't mean a Louis Jordan jump blues song. You can kind of the hear the boogie woogie. You, you can boogie boogie hear the jazz. The Five guys yeah. Name. There comes that, you know, it's very New Orleans style as well, which um, this is a very famous Louis Jordan song. Let me see if I can get to the. This is oh, God. you get to the word. So that's another joke. Ju- that's actually my mom, whenever I'm like kind of in a pissy mood or a little like snappy, she'll always say that to me. She'll be like, cow, don't you? Um, so yeah, so we got a lot of, you know, it's it's pumping up the beat. It's a small group and they're trying to keep that spice that the big bands had within a small. There's We get a lot of the witty, fun, kind of dicking around energy of call and response. The lyrics um, sometimes had a more social commentating Stance and sometimes they kind of had a lot of sexual innuendos. Where then we get Big Joe Turner is another really huge forefront. Why do I keep saying that? Forefront or forefront, whatever, forefather. <laughs> um, and we get this one, which is not technically quite yet rock and roll. It even has the name Roll in it. Um, I do want to say rock and roll that. Idea had been earlier mentioned in lyrics and this, that, but rock and roll didn't have the same meaning as then we become rock music. It was a sexual kind of meaning. I mean, if you're rocking and okay. rolling, we all know what you're doing. So yeah. this Big Joe Turner, we all know this song. We're not quite to rock and roll yet, but we're getting
2: close.
4: we so We got shake, rattle, and roll, which... This was covered. Yeah, this up-
3: sounds like Shake Rattle and Roll it is. for sure. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Oh. No, it it. I'm to just get to. There we go. Shake
2: Rattle and Roll. Shake Rattle and Roll. Which
4: later does get covered as a rock and roll song.
3: Yeah, by Bill Haley in the comments.
4: Yes. Karina Karina is another big Corina, Corina. big Joe Turner jump blues song. Corina, Corina. We've talked a lot about Hound Dog, Big Mama Thornton yeah. um, in previous episodes. that So Big Mama Thornton is also a jump blues song. So it's kind of literally a lot of like songs that were then covered. So artists uh, recording studios started getting hold of like this popular music. But again, you know, it is the early 50s at this point and they're going "Mm, we can't sell black music on the radio let's give this music to these white guys and thus the birth of rock and roll okay so then that leads us to bill haley and his comments and this is the first rock and roll song ever the birth of rock and roll out of that is born
3: Two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around
4: two o'clock tonight, but you some join the hunt. Y'all can't see us right now, but it is a sock hop between Matt and I dancing. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: but you can uh, which hear also... the kind of rhythms of that boogie woogie influence and all that and um So there was obviously like still guitars were being brought in with distortion. Louis Jordan um, was really known for doing that in that kind of early sound, which then is going to also lead into rock and roll. So yeah, so that is Jump Blues. There are so many artists that I didn't even talk about um, because it's one of those things that there's just so many. There's Nappy Brown, Big John and the Buzzards, um, Big Maybelline, Laverne Baker was a huge one, Roy Brown, Louis Prima's style kind of teeters into that jump blues for sure but the thing is with these artists is it kind of was a lost genre and it was one of the most influential and important genres we have into the leading um, development of rock and roll and unfortunately once rock and roll took off and all the white guys got the fame all of these artists got forgotten which that's sad and they're incredible i do highly there's a uh jump blues essentials playlist on apple music and it's great i have it on all the time it's one of my favorite genres to swing dance to because it's not so as uptight and like ooh hoity-toity is some of the big band songs not that those are hoity-toity but you kind of get to have a little more fun with it dancing and it's a little more gritty and dirty if you will yeah yeah so i do i love blue uh, jump blues uh that's that's the the development of that and that's where we get our good old rock and roll
3: I love it. And I want to talk a little bit more about the first song in rock and roll history after this quick commercial break.
0: We're making an ad. Snapping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So, um,
1: yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour
0: podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it.
1: The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's, That's the end. That's the ad. <laughs>
2: It is mind-blowing. And
4: heartbreaking.
2: How many original scripts are written every year but are never made?
4: So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio
2: production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free!
3: Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll To Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass to Dutchie, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desre would say,
2: you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Come, baby, come, baby, baby come, 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 baby, come, baby, baby, come, baby, come.
3: Kelsey, you know, we talk a lot about rock around the clock, and people always talk about how, hey, this is the first rock and roll song. But this was also the very first something else. And I'm curious if you know what that is. No. It was the first theme song for the TV show Happy Days. <laughs> before,
4: oh, Before
3: really? yeah, the first season of Happy Days before they had that. written the song that we all know, it was Rock Around the Clock.
4: Happy days <laughs> I used to watch Happy Days as a kid all the time on Nick at Night with my sister like I have
3: actually never seen a single episode of Happy really? Days. Really? Oh, it's been so I know so long and I know that I, I would love it. it.
4: But you would absolutely love it. It's so it's just easy, it's cute, it's um, yeah, we. I know we've talked about this. I think this. I need
3: to download Pluto. Everyone tells me that I... Uh, so, are you familiar with Pluto? Yes, app? I
4: am. I know what it is. Yeah.
3: So, apparently, Pluto has, like, just specific vintage TV show channels on it. Like, it'll just be, like, the I Love Lucy channel that just is 24 hours of I Love Lucy episodes and stuff. Sounds so like so I'm I like, need to
4: download Pluto.
3: I know. Uh, Chris Fafios, who's been on here talking about Willy Wonka, is, like... They literally have, like, a game show channel that's just all 70s game shows. Like, so he's like, get it. He's like, it's a free app. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know why you don't have it. I know.
4: I would love to. Now, I know we've talked about this before that, like, Nick at Night used to have, I mean, I used to watch Laverne and Shirley. I used to watch I Love Lucy. I used to watch Happy Days. And now, like, Friends is on it. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? But that makes sense.
3: I mean, as someone who's almost done watching all of M.A.S.H., there is a them. weird comfort, even when I'm not even paying attention to the to the particular episode. Just like friends. the feel of it, it feels just no, so on shows, soothing. Yeah, no, I put yeah. on
4: shows all the time. That I mean, I've seen both episodes or seasons one and two of Ted Lasso three times through. And yeah. sometimes I'll like put it on and I'm like, no, these are my friends now when I'm lonely yeah. or sad. I don't need to be watching, but just hearing their voices. I'm like, oh, it's a little party. In <laughs> See, my I house. don't even
3: think it's it's not quite that for me because I don't have the nostalgia of MASH directly. But it's like when I put it on, it it takes me back to the Nick at Night days. Right. Like it just feels like, oh, suddenly I'm like yeah, a 10-year-old kid that just has like an old channel on. That's, or like I, Yeah,
4: I put Powerpuff yeah. Girls on a couple weeks ago, like out of nowhere. I was like, you know what I want to watch today? And it, <laughs> the nostalgia and comfort of like that, it was a Saturday morning and I put it on and it just took me back to being a kid Saturday morning and yeah, yes. I get that.
3: And that's why I, I feel like if I just, even though I never really watched Happy Days or watched I Love Lucy, like just having that on in the background while I was doing something feeling. else would give me, yeah, I'd be like, oh man, this just feels right.
4: I'm just gonna put the Nick at Night theme song on on replay. Nick at Night, night. the place where TV. Is. I don't remember the. Anyways.
3: <laughs> well, all right. If know. someone, if someone has other old 50s, 30s, 40s musical genres that they really want us to cover one of these days. How can they let us know?
4: Yeah, you can let us know on Instagram. Find us at Time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just type in BeforeMyTime. We will pop up. Let us know there. And also, if you got a little extra free time, maybe write us a little review. Five stars, eh? Yeah? Eh? Wanna? That helps us get in front of new listeners just like you. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We hope to hear you. Oh my God, Matt, I can't talk today. I was doing so well. Jesus, the coffee's wearing off. This is good. You all are good. I appreciate you all. I love you. See you next time. There you go.
0: to this damn show damn it
1: the napping through happy hour podcast brought to you by geekscape
0: real life real drama real time i'm gary snooze that's the the ad that's the ad that's the the (laughs) (laughs) ad